0: It's late to Roy. This is for the.
1: A three wins the series. It's Lillard. He got the shut off. to the Backyard Blazers podcast. And man, it feels good to say that because with the NBA officially back in action, we are ready to get the podcast back and rolling and that can only mean one thing. Of course, joining me as always here, socially distant at Spud Studios, are your two favorite Blazer aficionados, Tyler Bagenstas and Kyle George and fellas. As great as it is to be back, it's even better to announce that we have a new teammate running the court with us on the Backyard Blazers podcast. And that, of course, is Tom Gilkey over there manning the ones and twos. Thank you for
0: having me. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Our producer of dope shit, Tom, is going to help us out with not only the audio, but hopefully some video in the future once we're all able to get back in the same room and produce some good clips for you. Um, Just a quick reminder before we dive into the episode. Follow us at Backyard Blazers on both Twitter and Instagram. Again, that's at Backyard Blazers. Uh, we love hearing from you. And if you like what you're hearing from us or the content we put out, please rate, subscribe, and pass it on to your friends. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into the episodes, boys. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's been too long, and I'm excited to talk to you both Kyle and Tyler. Yes. Tom over there. Uh Let's start it with it nice and easy. Let's warm up a little bit. We'll go through our own layup lines of sorts. Yes. Tyler, starting with you, what did you do over the weekend or even just over the quarantine in the past couple of weeks as we've taken a pause here with the Backyard Blazers podcast?
2: Um, Over the past few weeks, not a whole lot, you know, working as usual, but the sun has started to come out in Oregon and we are enjoying it as much as we can. Getting out on the river, getting out on the pontoon boat with my boy KG, um, having a blast, man, just drinking some beers, drinking some cold ones, getting in the river. And there's really no better feeling than getting hot out in the sun on the river and then jumping in and just cooling off real nice. Oh, man. And it, it feels great,
1: especially with the heat wave coming over Portland. I mean, we've been we were over 100 yesterday. Kyle, I think we got up to like 102. Um, had to be nice to be out there in the water. KG, what have you been doing over the break? Obviously, we took a couple weeks off here or this weekend. What's the latest with you?
3: Uh, Not a lot different from Ty, you know, just basically huddling in my room, just (laughs) not knowing what to do with my life with no sports, just just in fetal position. But no, you know, been out there on the boat a couple times, uh, you know, got to dabble at the war zone a little bit, you know, what else are you going to do during quarantine? (laughs) Of course, Um, my man,
1: got to get some dubs. I know how you two are on the sticks. Um, Tom, speaking of being on the sticks on the ones and twos, need to hear from you. Give us your first appearance here on the Backyard Blazers. What have you been up to over the
0: quarantine? Well, after I uh, finished watching all of Netflix, th- like Tyler said, the last couple <laughs> weeks have been pretty nice, so I have been camping the last three out of three weeks, and this first Let's weekend go. up here is going to be the first weekend not. But Dude, For those of you who don't know,
1: For those of you who don't know, Tom is an Eagle Scout, so don't worry about him being out in the nature. Uh, He knows how to handle it. you an Eagle Mm.
0: Scout? I am an Eagle Scout. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Breaking news here on the pod. I can start fire with just my fingers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's one of us on the podcast. Um, As Tom mentioned, I I really do think at this point I've gone through all of Netflix, including any other streaming app, HBO, Hulu, all of it, Amazon Prime. Everything. I, I'm pretty dang close. I've watched all of Adam Sandler's mm. movies, and if you know how many mm. he's put out the last two years, that's some serious hours in front of the I, TV. I don't
3: know if I can name one of Adam Sandler's.
1: Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston, dude? Click. Come, on. Come on. Click. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's whoa, a throwback, whoa, whoa. Tyler. We're talking, that's like 2006. <laughs>
2: oh, are talking new Adam Sandler? I do not the throwbacks.
1: All right, before we get too sidetracked there, I want to get back to the NBA, of course, and with the NBA, that can only mean we're talking the bubble. The of bubble. <laughs> the 22 teams... <laughs> uh, you know, that are still allowed to play, I guess, the remainder of the 2020 season have all been packed into Florida in a Disney park theme lands. I mean, like their facilities, yeah. the way I understand it, Complex. in the NBA bubble. Yep. Say that again? Complex. Complex. the Complex. Thank yeah. you. That's the word I was looking for. And so with that, we've gotten some great content, obviously. A lot of people out on the lake fishing, a lot of people on the golf courses, and of course, a lot of bobon. Yes. So I was thinking I'd get Kyle and Tyler, your opinions first here. Kyle, starting with you. Your favorite moment from the NBA bubble so far?
3: It, it's not even a question. And you <laughs> already know what I'm going to say. It's Myers Leonard just absolutely shotgunning the shit out of beers. It, it's just legendary. I'm glad to see that guy thriving in, in this new environment. Uh, I, you know, it honestly like it <laughs> kills me to say this. I miss Myers on Portland, uh, strictly <laughs> for the Myers antics. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I wish, I wish he was a Blazer shotgunning those beers, not on the Miami
1: Heat. I I've got to agree. I mean, it's it's kind of you reap what you sow as Blazer fans. We gave him so much shit all this time. You know, he was here. We had our ups. We had our downs. And now that he's gone. I miss him with all my heart, Ty. Yeah. How, what's been your favorite moment from the bubble so far?
2: I, I, I like Myers Leonard's antics. Uh, he can really shock on a beer. But for me, it's going to be more Blazer-based. And it's going to be Damian Lillard's 30th birthday that was at in the bubble. And how it was kind of a time for the team to kind of just chat and kind of reflect on what the, what they're there for. They're not there to mess around. And having Dame's 30th birthday there just gives me... I don't know why, it just gives me a little extra added oomph uh, and like happiness for the season to come back, and that I think the Blazers are going to make the most of it.
1: Boosted your spirits a little bit, especially yes. knowing that C.J. McCollum thought far enough ahead to clear this with the NBA, clear the celebration where the team was able to get together. I mean, pretty close to when everyone arrived at the bubble, so you know there were a lot of hoops to jump through. In that regard, I mean, that's that's what I want out of my two best players, is... You know, Robin looking out for Batman and vice versa. I thought that was, you know, just a little hidden note in there. Love to see the camaraderie between those two because we're going to need it come this season's restart. (laughs) And before we get to this season's restart, and of course, Blazer basketball, what everyone's here to hear about, there's another debate that has been railing through our group chats, okay? And this is one that I think every group of friends has at one point in their life. And even as You know, things evolve, technology evolves, food evolves. I think we're faced with the same question time and time again. And Tom, be prepared because I want to throw you into this debate as well. That is the best fast food burger currently on the market. The best fast food burger currently on the market. Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I'm not even going to go through the options because I want to see how your mind works, where you kind of rate. Maybe your top three-ish but especially that crowning number one fast food burger if you have one choice.
2: I appreciate the option to go top three, but I'm just going to go straight to number one because that's yeah. really all go I care about. I'm go going for, for the throat. I'm going for the throat. And that throat is Five Guys. And I don't care about the price difference between your McDonald's burger and your Five Guys burger. Just give me the best tasting burger, and I'm going to get that from Five Guys every single day of the week. And you're going to get more, f- more fries than you really ordered. So it's a plus-plus. The burger's fantastic, and I'm going Five Guys. There's really... No other debate.
1: Well, and Kyle, there he brings up the fries, right? And the thing about Five Guys, they give you the bag of fries, and, and the, while you're waiting, enjoy some peanuts. And if you don't like the peanuts, you know, just throw them on the ground. We'll clean it up for you. Fantastic service from Five Guys. Love those peanut places. Starting a debate off strong, Kyle. Where would you fall on this topic? First up? of all,
3: just going to throw this out there. This does not factor in fries because this would completely change the it argument. It would. All right. It's a burger. But I have my top five here, and I, I did some extensive research. Top five. I, I, like I went that. in to not only the restaurant, also the specific burger, and I brought in price. All right. So this is everything you could potentially factor into this argument. He's got the three <laughs> variables Number one, folks. Three number variables. One, Tyler, absolutely right. Five, guys. Every Thank time you. you get the bacon burger. And Thank just, you. Not the little. We, we don't want one nope. patty. We want two patties <laughs> every single time. Seven ninety nine. Really not that bad of a deal if you're no. about really about eight bucks for a nice quality delicious burger amazing number two i got wendy's baconator uh wendy's baconator i think is to this day one of the more underrated burgers because i don't think enough people go to wendy's on a consistent basis and when they do i think they get intimidated by the baconator i think they see well, that yeah. and they're like that's a heart attack and they're not wrong but that doesn't mean you can't dabble with it every once in a while number three in and out burger 345 for a double double that's a great deal doesn't quite get over the hump for five guys and wendy's but it, it's up there number four Carl Jr. double bacon Western burger. Amazing. $6. Barbecue sauce, onion ring on it. Delicious. Lastly, you got the McDonald's Big Mac $4.99 with the, with the Mac sauce. That's the top five rounded that,
1: in. That's some impressive research there, Kyle. God, well done. It, Kyle. Well done there. Tom, I know you're going to disagree with at least one of those choices. What, what would you rate at the top of your fast food burger selection?
0: This is tough. If you're going for the price in itself, I could just go for a McDouble from mcdonald's wow okay yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's heavier than you think it is for the small it is and it's got some good taste you get four it. of them right you yeah, get four true, of them for true. the price of a yeah, five guys burger <laughs> um recently <laughs> sure i've had a few way. times um pretty new to me but the killer burger peanut butter oh yeah that is burger. good wow
1: good wow pull. i do really have that notable mention
0: so i would say those are up there for my two uh kyle good news for you have you seen that they are trying to put in a in-N-Out in and out in Twalton. Oh. I
3: did see that. I did see that. I'm a little concerned with the location, Tom, because it isn't Bridgeport Village, and the traffic over there is already. I hell. am very concerned. I'm concerned with the location. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> However, as a local, I can I am deal. I, I would still be extremely excited to have the In and Out. I
1: and and I would be probably more excited to have the In and Out because I'm ranking it my best burger. Ooh. And and so there's a very specific reason for the In and Out burger. It's the cheese. For some reason, the way they do their cheese, I'm sure it's the same as whatever cheese is put on other burgers, but. The way they do their cheese on that double double, it just it provides a flavor unbeknownst to the other burgers.
3: Are you just a regular guy? Or are you an animal style guy?
1: On the, burger, on the burger, I'm a regular, on the fries, I'm animal style every time. The and I always go grilled on uh, yeah. grilled onions. What?
2: Because the fries are the cardboard. The fries <laughs>
1: the fries could use some work, but when you get them animal style, there's too many good <laughs> toppings <Yeah>. and fattening <laughs> toppings on there for me to care. Uh, totally like at that point, I'm eating with my hands. I've got like secret sauce all up my wrist and everything. Yes. At that point, I'm eating like a <laughs> savage, and so the potatoes on the bottom could not matter less. Not could at all. not matter less. I will
3: say there are there's two couple honorable mentions. So Shake Shack was not mentioned. The reason why I didn't put it in my top five never i've been. had it i've yeah, never Con- been I know connor's ever been the reason it didn't make the top five is i've only had it like two or three times i don't feel like that's enough time to throw it in the top five uh-huh. for me to have a fair clear judgment on it yep so i didn't throw it in there but it's worth the mention also so glad none of you guys mentioned burgerville because burgerville is the most overrated burger oh. and it is the most expensive burger it is not worth it burgerville shakes different story burgerville burgers too expensive for what you're getting not worth it
2: just look out for a good friend jack coming at your throat over that comment but i do have to agree it would be in my top five i'd I'd get the baconator way out i'm gonna have to disagree with you Uh, on that mm but um five guys still number one so
1: I, I agree. Watch out for Jack. He's an advocate for Burgerville um, and that secret sauce that no one knows the recipe <laughs> to. Um, also would be remiss if we didn't mention Carl's Jr. Western Bacon Cheeseburger. When they have, like they currently do, two of those for two ninety nine. <laughs> hard to find a better deal. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, two of those. Sorry, uh, they 2 dollars a piece. So six bucks for okay. two of them. All right. Uh, they do have a triple. Stop What's it. Bacon yeah, so Stop I haven't it. had it yet. <laughs> Stop it. They won't put three patties. <laughs> There's three patties. <laughs> Sometimes we're messing with rubber bacon, but, you know, we'll get past it. Yeah, yeah we Okay, go. let's dive into the meat of this episode. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah, the dad jokes keep flowing. Don't do that. Um, dad. So to clarify kind of the format for the restarted NBA season, we already mentioned... There's 22 teams that were invited to the NBA's bubble there in Florida. Um, Of those, we had nine in the East, 13 in the West. Um, Those teams are going to be playing eight regular season games to determine the eight playoff seeds from both the Eastern and Western Conference. The way that's going to work, the reason there's nine in the East, 13 in the West is actually because of this uh, one little characteristic of the new format. If ninth place from either conference is within – three and a half games of the eighth place team yep. of that respective conference, those teams are gonna play a mini play-in tournament. And that would be a tournament set up so that the eight seed just had to win one game, whereas the nine seed would have to win two to get in. It's single elimination yep. for the nine seed, double for the eight seed. Um, as it stands now concerning the Portland Trail Blazers, the Grizzlies own the 8th seed and are three and a half games up, sitting at 32 and 33. The Blazers are ninth in the Western Conference, tied with the Pelicans and Kings. Blazers at 29 and 37, while the Pelicans and Kings are both at 28 and 36. Um, right behind them, the Spurs, 27 and 36, four games back of the 8th eighth, uh, eighth seed, but of course, missing LaMarcus Aldridge for the yep. remainder of the season. And then the Suns at 26 and 39, hanging on by a thread six games back. Yep, um, Fellas, want to turn this over to you. Obviously, we just talked about the Blazers currently sitting at the ninth seat. I guess it's probably worth mentioning as well. Trevor Ariza will not be with the team, opted out of um, joining the NBA bubble uh, for the remainder of this season. Hope everything's well with him. Obviously, respect that decision. Um, but where are your thoughts at, Tyler, starting with you on – the Blazers, the NBA bubble, kind of where this reboot's going. We're recording, of course, on Monday, the 27th of July. The season's set to tip off on the 31st this Friday. Um, where's your head at concerning the Blazers, concerning the NBA, everything bubble restart?
2: Um, Honestly, I kind of feel like it's a small reset. I know it's not a reset based on standing-wise, but we, the, each team had a little bit of a break. Uh, players got healthy, as we know. The Blazers got Zach Collins and Nurk back from injury. Um, but really I think it just gives them a fresh start. Like, look, we got to go out and play well no matter what if we want to make the playoffs, so why not go out and win these eight games? Like, why not strive to win all these eight? And I think that with Dame, we all know that's possible. And another person who knows that is Nurkic, and today I I have a quote from him in an interview that he did with Jamie Hudson from NBC Sports Northwest, and he said, if you have Dame, you have a chance. It's as simple as that, and I could not agree fucking more. And Dame is our guy. He's got Nurk, I get that tattooed, and on me. he's got Zach back. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, don't be a, don't be surprised if the Blazers get hot. And. And run the table. What do you th- What do you say, Kyle? <laughs> I, mean, I think if the Blazers win
3: the championship, we have to get that tattooed on our asses. Go ahead, Connor. Right.
2: That's what. Can, can I? Okay, you heard it here
1: first. If the Blazers win the championship, we're getting the nerd quote on our ass.
2: Can, can I tell you guys the odds for the Blazers to win the championship right now? And something we should all be hammering. Sure, hit me. Plus fifteen thousand, plus fifteen thousand odds to win the championship. Now myself. Already has a future bet from the beginning of the season, which, you know, loyal Blazer fan as myself. But mm-hmm. I will be hammering the shit out of that plus fifteen thousand. Because why not, guys? No. Why not us? I, why I like not it. us? I like it.
1: In the year 2020, when nothing has been normal, why not? Spend why not? no money on the Blazers there? Kyle, Tyler was talking about running the table getting hot, and in order to do so, those eight games the Blazers are gonna have to win are the Grizzlies, Celtics, Rockets, Nuggets. Then we got the Clippers, 76ers, Mavericks, and Nets. So it's definitely a tough little run there, but a lot of winnable games as well. Um, Where's your head at as we restart the season? Obviously, the Blazers have benefited a bit from these couple reset months, like Tyler mentioned, the four months, three months off that we've had. How do you see the roster outlook and especially these eight regular season games panning out for the Blazers?
3: So I think the most important thing for Portland, not obviously the team, but also for us fans to realize is that... We need to be forward-looking in terms of we need to be looking at Memphis and Memphis only. I don't care how the Pelicans do. I don't care how the Kings do. They're irrelevant to us at this point. We need to be focused on catching Memphis and obviously staying within four games. We're three and a half back right now. So every game that we lose and Memphis wins, that obviously puts us out of those four games. So we need to be focusing on whatever Memphis does. We need to either be matching it or better. So... What I was doing earlier today was looking at both our schedule and Memphis' schedule, and I was like, okay, realistically, what do I feel comfortable with the Blazers doing like in terms of record for these eight games? And to be honest, boys, this may seem a little extreme, but I think we need to go 6-2 and two with one of those six games being that first game on Friday against Memphis, because if we drop that game and immediately fall to 4.5 back, that's an immediate setback that obviously Dane could overcome and the team could overcome, but as a fan... Like that puts you in a really tough situation. To all of a sudden, first game, you're no longer in that little playoff potential. Yep. I think we need to be looking because we have a really tough schedule. Obviously, like we, I, I don't know if you read fifth, that, fifth but, toughest but of come, the twenty two. By you, the way, you play Memphis and then you lose that game. You got to go Boston, Rockets, Denver, back to back to like that's a tough stretch right there. So I really think the first game back is most important. But in reality, I think we need to go six and two boys to feel comfortable making that that playoff.
1: Are, is there, is there a chance we're getting socially distant beers off during the uh, first Grizzlies game there on Friday? I mean,
2: why wouldn't we? Well, right. That's what I'm thinking. And I would well. love for the Blazers to set the tone right, too, just while in Orlando, just to, especially chasing Memphis. Let's yes. set that tone. I mean, go at them. like as yes. hard, like Act like that's your championship game. And I think that's how they're taking their mentality into each game. I saw a couple quotes just saying... We're just looking at the team in front of us being wh- whoever's next. Right. So Memphis is the only team they're worried about right now. And then after that game, hopefully after a W, they're looked straight to Boston. I mean, that night, guarantee right. they're going to be watching something. And, and I'm sure they already are, but just focusing more in on it. And off your point, Ty, you said
3: um, that first game, not only would it be a huge statement for us to win, but also a huge statement with Nurk and Collins back in the lineup, showing that, hey, we've been missing these guys all season. These, This is our squad. We're here to play. Like We're no longer that nine seed. We, we're meant to be that three seed like we have in the last two seasons. So let's make a statement, game one.
2: And I want us to all go into this with kind of a fresh mind, and I know you have mentioned it, Kyle, but we got to see Nurk and Whiteside play together. Obviously Dame wasn't playing, so that's a completely different aspect. Um, but I want us to all go in with a good mindset and let's see what let's let's see what Whiteside can do along guys like Collins and Nurk, who he didn't have the entire season. And I mean that's a lot of defensive help in the post. And just another guy on the back end that he knows is gonna be there to help him. So if he goes for a block, maybe he'll have a little help. And hopefully Nurk and Collins can kind of make some of that um Extra passes off the pick and roll with Damon CJ because we know they're both better passers. Mainly Nurk and a couple backside uh, alley oops for Whiteside in, in the near future. I'm seeing so I, I, I'm going in personally with a fresh mindset on Whiteside mainly, but and as the team as a whole.
1: I, I couldn't agree more, and I think uh, along with you know the whole theme of socially distant beers and everything, someone who's said pass to those. Carmelo Anthony, looking trim. Looking real my nice. My God, yeah. he's lost nice. some poundage. I'm excited to see how Terry Stotts can kind of use this time off to evolve the offense. Tyler, you were just mentioning Whiteside and Nurk back together um, on the court. I think you're going to see a lot of Whiteside coming off the second unit. How Whiteside's been able to... Whoa, 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 whoa,
3: No. He's you starting. Oh, I didn't whoa, 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 Oh, yeah. my
1: gosh. I haven't done my
2: due diligence. Yeah. Nurk and Whiteside boat. are starting. The, with same CJ, CJ, Mello, Mello yeah. Whiteside, Nurk. Oh, God, I couldn't Collins, love that. Collins off the bench. I could and not he said love eight, that lineup eight-man eight rotation with Collins, Gary Trent, maybe a little Simons, maybe a little Hazonia. Who else am I missing? Um, oh, maybe a little Wenyan Gabriel, depending yeah. on matchups.
1: Okay, so how let, let's just pick up right there. How do we feel about Nurk and Whiteside starting together with Collins coming off the bench, Kyle?
3: Ty, at first when you first told me because he broke the news to me over the weekend, Tyler. I was sorry. I'm that's all, all of aficionado, out. baby. A, at first, I was like, I don't, I don't like that lineup. I, I feel like Zach Collins can spread the floor a lot more than well Hassan and Nurkic. Like, I feel like Zach provides a little bit more of a three point totally threat compared to those guys. But the more I thought about it, well, yes. They don't really provide that threat. What it will do is it will force the defense to play a little bit more on the interior because, to your point, when we run that pick and roll, if we have one of the bigger guys on the the weak side and we have that potential alley-oop, that's going to force that far side defender to collapse down, which will open up Carmelo and CJ for more open three-pointers. So that kind of changed my feeling a little bit. I'm like, okay, you know, they're all athletic. Our defense on the interior is going to be way better. So I'm a little bit I'm a, I'm on the I don't know. I'm I'm high on that lineup, I guess, and, right. And
2: now. something so, you know, how you just mentioned how the defense is going to be collapsing with guys like Nurk and Whiteside, then when you make that sub in for Collins either comes in for Nurk or Whiteside, he's a guy who can stretch the floor. So you're you're pulling them in and pulling them out. They're not it's not like okay, we're just going to uh, flood the paint the whole game. You you can't do that because Zach can hit threes in the corner, Melo can, CJ, Dame. We have a lot of guys who can, so I think it's we gives us shooters. a multitude of... We got shooters, baby. <laughs> and and along
1: with that, I think a lot of people uh, neglect the fact that Nurk's vastly improved his passing ability over the... especially right before his injury. Uh, the way he was dishing the ball from the middle of the key... And his ability to kind of spread that around, not only to wide open shooters, but also to play with other posts. I thought him and Zach Collins were playing really well before he went out um, together a season and a half ago. I I think those kind of things definitely benefit the Blazers and benefit them when you take into consideration this shortened down season. And on that topic, I wanted to ask you both kind of who you thought this shortened season favors in terms of teams. You know, does it favor a team like the Houston Rockets who are looking to shoot the ball, spread Mm -hmm. the ball, who normally experience some tired legs, or maybe the Los Angeles Lakers who are relying on a lot of older superstars like LeBron James and and Mm -hmm. even their role players like Danny Green, et cetera. Um, Where does your head go when you think of this shortened season and who you'd give the advantage to, Ty?
2: Honestly, I I, I was looking at this question before and trying to do a little research for the pod, you know, trying to be a a good guy, and I couldn't answer it because – it seems like an AAU-type tournament-style situation, which a lot of players have been mentioning. And to me, it's whoever gets hot. Like, whatever team gets hot in this short amount of time is going to pull ahead and really have the advantage because a lot of guys are out. I think why the Blazers have kind of a advantage is that the whole season we haven't had two of our main players, so it's kind of like a whole new team coming in. Like, they just haven't been able to like, game plan or watch film on that. Um but my mind originally jumped to like a veteran team, you know, who's played a lot together. But then I was like, you know what? It just comes down to who's hot, who, who who's shooting the ball really well. Is it James Harden just knocking down step back threes the whole t- Entire time is LeBron just driving to the basket the entire time? Um, that's why I think the Blazers have a chance. Why why isn't why don't Dame and CJ get hot? Like they easily could. We know they can. Dame's going on stretches where he's scoring like forty a game. So. To me, it's whoever gets hot, and we're just going to find out who that is while watching.
1: And Kyle, is that kind of where your head goes when you're thinking about who has the advantage come NBA restart?
2: Yeah, my answer is simply that
3: I don't really think it provides any certain team an advantage, the only argument, like as a Blazer fan, I guess the only argument you can make is like, look, it allowed our two injured players a little bit more time to get some reps. It's not like they just, they were ready to go and had to be thrown back into the mix in the yep. middle of the season. It's like they had a little bit more time, you know, to, to make sure they were feeling 100%. But it, to be honest, I don't really think that gives us an advantage going into the bubble. I, I think, you know, to Ty's point, it's just going to be whoever's playing the best. Yep.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think if anything, what I had written down was, I think it, Favors teams that are superstar heavy, and I think that's kind yeah. of the normal NBA in general. Um, but what I mean there is, if you're relying on one or two players rather than a more complete roster, I think you're right in this thing because it's kind of to both of your points. Whoever has the hot hand, even if it is someone like Luca or Kristaps uh, Porzingis, or especially James Harden, comes to mind for the Rockets. Um, a lot of the teams in the Western Conference. If one of those guys hits a streak much like Damian Lillard, Mm -hmm. I mean, why the Blazers should be considered... I think those teams have as good of a shot as anyone. It's not about building that long-term roster like you saw out of the Raptors last year where you can take your superstar yep. out and your bench yep. can withstand. You're going to see even shorter rotations than we've ever seen before man, in the NBA yeah. playoffs. Eight-man, if not seven, six yeah. and seven at times, I think, because you can afford to. because You're playing these eight games, and I think with the rest the players have gotten, there's going to be the opportunity to see a lot of your— best players, best stars out on the court, on, on the court for longer durations. And yep. I'm excited. I think it's going to result in some high-quality basketball. Um, what I'm also excited for is hopefully it, it affects our gambling opportunities. Hopefully there's a little more accuracy in our predictions when it comes to uh, laying the old dollar bills on the line. Tom. I'm looking over at you because I know I know every once in a while you like to dabble with the Oregon Scoreboard app. Um, as the NBA gets back and going underway, what's something in your head you've been eyeballing uh, for where you want to place your money? Like, are you more of a prop guy? Are you looking at spreads? Are you thinking, eh, this is kind of like preseason where we're just guessing. What, where's your headfall as we get... Our, as we shake our gambling rest off, while the players shake their playing rest off.
0: I like some spreads to start, just because you can kind of feel where a team you're idea. dipping your toes. Uh, as we get a little bit further into it, though, is kind of when you can start picking those prop bets, and you can tell a certain players are playing. Like right towards the end of it, like you could tell there there are certain players that were going to hit their over, or their under most of the mm-hmm. time. I think we just need a couple games to see who that is. I...
1: I. I, I I couldn't agree more. Ty, Ty where are just
2: you thinking? That sounds like a veteran betting man. Right it, it, it really <laughs> isn't. I, maybe I'll be needing his help because I have no read, no pulse on what to even go with. So I'm going to be hammering the Damian Lillard over, points, rebounds, assist, you know, first game easy. Um, and I might be emotionally betting this first eight games, which, sorry, but I'm doing it. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't. I, is it, it going to be an under situation? Is defense going to be tight? Because... Uh, Mello had in an interview, like, you can hear the other team's plays. You know, like, when before you had crowd noise, you can kind of be, go over to Dame, like, hey, let's run the pick and roll, you know, over here, like, on the backside. But There's Russ West is right on your back hearing exactly what's going to happen. So you have to be super sharp, know your plays back, like, super sharp. So uh, it makes me want to go under. It makes me want to go point total under. Um, but then again, who knows? Who who knows? And that's kind of my gambling History, so uh, you're you, you think you have a good <laughs> logic,
1: and then in the end, you end up throwing the arms yeah. in the air and it's placing over, the money. It's as over. It falls. <laughs> Kyle, you have any insights on where you're going to be throwing down?
3: No, I mean, I, I was going to be, I was going to mention the unders, but also, I'm just going to be betting on Damian Lillard, not in terms of his his stats, but I'm just going to be hitting Blazers money line. Just every because, fucking you know, time, I'm a Kyle. degenerate, Rip City, yes. to my core. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, you know, you know, Damian we're betting Blazers.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, when I was thinking about it, I actually go to the side much like which teams it favors. I think betting is going to favor the superstars. I'm eyeballing all those statistical props because you've got eight games to make it, especially for these teams racing for the eight seed in the East, Eastern and Western Conference. I'm focusing on those about six teams, and I'm betting their superstar stats over every game because yeah. what am I doing if I'm the coach and I have eight games to determine my season, mm-hmm. feeding them the rock? And whether it be assists, rebounds, whatever it is, I'm saying just go out there, produce, much like we would in the NBA playoffs, but now you've got fresh legs, you've got a refreshed motivation about you, you've got energy, um, and, and I'm looking at that as a big opportunity, especially early on when hopefully things haven't adjusted, that you see, I know there's going to be some shaky shooting nights, no doubt, I mean, there's we're about to see the difference in which NBA players had gyms Man. in their house and which didn't, because those who were rich enough to have gyms in their house, they're going to you know, play like they haven't missed a beat. Those of us who, you know, have to go to 24-hour club sport, whatever it is, to get your shots up, uh, your cardio, your lifting, your shooting... Those are all going to be a little bit off because those haven't been open to their regular hours. Do, so, wait, that, that do you know? Um,
3: have we seen like I know we've seen like some pictures of the courts on Instagram, but do we know what the backdrop looks like? Because I do know in college <clears throat> basketball, in particular, come tournament time, guys have trouble shooting because there's
2: just huge open backdrop the back, behind yeah. them. They don't like. There's have a black. The... There's a black screen, okay. so it looks like it ends. Gotcha. I, and I agree because if that was the case, I would be. All over the under, missing shots because of that. It just looks like it's endless space. They have something blocking. Yeah, okay. And I
1: think they're also doing... I want to get your thoughts on this real quick. I think they're also allowing, like, 300 fans from each team to be projected onto a video board. So you're kind of, like, virtually Hmm. at the game. And I kind of wanted to get your quick thoughts on that idea from the NBA um, to replace this fan experience
2: of some sort. I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, do what you got to do. Like, it... We're in a global pandemic. Like, I whatever, the NBA and Adam Silver are killing it. Like, the bubble situation and everything, like, no confirmed cases. It's kind of harsh the, the na- pandemic, dude. The, the, the <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but the neighborhood style is what I wanted. To, the neighborhood bubble, like, the 2K style. They got the barbershop in there. They got the players lounge. Like, I think a lot of the guys are liking it. Than I want to see
1: a reality show out of there, dude. Uh, they're, like
2: they're missing their lady friends, you know, which you know we all would, but uh, except for Lou Williams. Except, for- <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Tom.
1: <laughs> Lou will, of course, being investigated <laughs> by the NBA because apparently he left the bubble to meet up with his honeys, right? Tom, uh, Tom? is that is that the rumor?
0: Just, uh, I believe it was a gentleman's club for some he dinner. He said chicken wings <laughs> is what it was, but.
2: That's, that's, that's neither I here said nor there. To
1: me to grab his honey barbecue chicken okay, wings.
2: Okay, yeah. But uh where's your head at, Ty? I like it. I I want to I want to should we go should we get on the board, guys? I I feel like How, we how should do we got to get on that board? Yeah. What are the logistics, Connor?
1: Uh Kyle, I want to go over to you for the <laughs> logistics. Here. No, I'm, I'm
3: all for it. I mean, MLB's got the crowd noise going on in the background, so I mean, there's there's lots of things that you can do to like help try and normalize the event, yeah. I guess. And, but.
1: and that being said, I'll say while I've watched the NBA or MLB, shout out to the MLB for getting back and underway. I barely even notice those things are cardboard cutouts because when you're just <laughs> glancing up and down, I'm like, oh yeah, there's people there, and then they hit a foul ball, and you're like. Where'd everyone go? Is it, <laughs> yeah. This isn't a Seattle Mariner game. Oh, oh wait, yeah, it it is. Is. That one hurt. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, yeah, it is. That's that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but I like any of the interaction the NBA can add, um, get fans involved. But regardless, I think we're all going to be watching. We're on just TV. happy the sport is back. Exactly. We're just happy the sport is exactly. back. Exactly. All right. Before we move on to Tom's topic, one of our. Awesome new segments that I'm really, really excited for. I want to just focus in real quick on the Western Conference race for that eight seed because, of course, that's where the Blazers' energy will be put towards in these next eight games and as well as all of Rip City um, and our rooting powers, as mighty as they are. So we trail the Grizzlies right now by three and a half games, as mentioned previously, while being tied with the Pelicans and Kings. And those are kind of the four teams I want to focus on. Um, Kyle, when you're looking at the Trail Blazers here, what gives you kind of energy or motivation or the thought that, yes, we can get into that eight seed, we have a chance at this um, playoff spot as well as maybe an NBA title, but more specifically, we can catch the Grizzlies?
3: Our personnel, for sure. I mean, you have Damian Lord and CJ McCollum, who have now, at this point, some really quality playoff experience under their belts, obviously making Western Conference Finals. You have Damian Lillard, who is just a straight killer and is a guy who... He's one of the few guys in the, in the league like that has that super where he can like win you a game by himself mm-hmm. don't know if CJ has that like CJ can for sure like he like he did in game seven against Denver like he can take over a game and essentially win it for you but I don't know if he has that same he's not on the same level as Damien Lord is what I'm gonna say the bottom line is that since we have him and the Grizzlies young team you got jaw you know a lot of guys that aren't necessarily the same veteran status as Damien Lord same with the Pelicans same with the Kings I think that puts us over them in terms of what we're capable of in the experience that we have. Yep.
2: And I think that's fair to say about CJ. Like you're not knocking CJ. Dame's just an other world talent. Right, exactly. Love um, CJ. But I, I agree. It's personnel. Uh I, I just can't we've all learned through through watching the Blazers these past few years. How 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 long have we had Dame? Like six years, seven years, eight, whatever it is. Just don't doubt him. Just don't doubt him. Just believe in him. Get on his back and let's go. Let's let's just go. Let's follow the man. And the thing is it, he's He's such a phenomenal leader. Every person, every sorry player that comes through the Blazers organization has nothing but a good. No one's ever said a bad word about him, and he always amplifies everyone's abilities. He brings them up to his level, so or to their highest level. So I I I believe in dame and, and and the blazers and the staff so that's why i'm riding with them and one quick thing off that because it's like we got yusuf nurkic from
3: denver who is known as a hothead right and now we have that quote that you read earlier about how he's like we have dame oh yeah they're brothers so All i think that, yeah. that just kind of it solidifies what you're trying to say about David's person sorry con go ahead
1: no i that's i was just gonna agree i think dame is rare in the fact that he shares kind of a similar nature with kobe bryant the late great kobe bryant in the sense that he's so good and has such a i'm coming for your my opponent's throat mentality that it almost makes your whole team rub off with that same mentality. I mean, you remember back with Kobe watching Sasha Vujicic get in fights, and I'm like, there's no way that dude should be yeah. getting in a fight in an NBA court. But they all adopt Kobe's mentality, the Black Mamba style, and I think Damian Lillard gives that exact same effect to his team. And, um, regardless of where you rate him against Kobe, it doesn't really matter. I think their self-belief, along with their work ethic and the, no- the knowledge that they've put in the time, And effort and care necessary to be one of the best in the NBA. Um, Their teammates realize that, and it rubs off on their their own belief. And and I think it reaches kind of. I think that's why you saw the Blazers in the Western Conference Finals last year. I think that's why you've seen the past three or four years of success, despite rosters that time and time again are criticized for being you know just average or just Mm -hmm. enough. Missing that one guy. Yeah, exactly. But then time and time again were there at the end of the season being talked about. Maybe not to the level of the final four like we would like, um, but at least to someone you have to consider a
2: serious threat. Uh-huh. And another one of his best qualities, and then I'll let you go, is th- he never lets anyone intimidate him. and that's And that's hard to do. Like... When we were going up against those stacked Warriors teams, that he always thought he had a chance. When we were going up the stacked Lakers teams, when, when Kobe passed away this last year and the, the first game back was against the Lakers, Dame went and put up 50 and beat him. No one talks about that. And especially like without getting the recognition of um, being one of the top players in the league. And one more thing to add is ESPN ranked the top 10 oh players in the God, bubbles Tyler. and he wasn't even making top 10. Uh, that they had Jimmy Butler. They had James Harden what? at four. Like, I get James Harden's good, but. Do these people watch basketball? God, Do they like where? Where was he last playoffs? You hit, you hit a
3: fuse. At where, where was no, he? Where, where was
2: James fans. Harden last year? Like, how recent is this? Like, w- Dame was just in the West Coast Finals. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> team, like
3: Connor said, that was considered below or average to below average. So not having th- the right we could yeah, go. Damian took
1: him
2: there. We like, could on. go on and on and on. Give me Dame.
1: All right, I like that, and I think I think that's the main point. The reason we're spending so much time on Dame is when you're looking at this race for the eight seed, it's really coming down. With all respect to the Kings and De'Aaron Fox and uh, Marvin Bagley, Harrison Barnes, a lot of the good players they have there, they have a, a solid squad. But I think it really comes down to the Pelicans, Grizzlies, and Blazers. The NBA. Seems to be rooting for the Pelicans. It oh gosh, feels like course, a bit. Everyone wants to see Zion in the playoffs. I don't I get blame that. him. I really don't blame him. I don't him. blame him either. If I wasn't a Blazers fan, that's probably where my allegiance would don't lie, know. too. I want to see Damian Lillard. Well, I said if I wasn't a Blazer fan, obviously. <laughs> but um, And then on the flip side, you have John Morant leading the Grizzlies, yep. probably the rookie of the year, if anyone were to guess. Uh, I just want you two also to focus or uh, to touch on what those rookies can do and what the Blazers are going to have to work out with. Maybe each of you taking one, Kyle, I'm going to give you Zion, Tyler, you're going to have Mm -hmm. jaw. Kyle, when we're looking at the Pelicans and Zion Williamson, what's something I I know we're going to obviously be in a race where we're looking every day. Did they win? Did we win that kind of a thing? But what's something teams can do to neutralize the Pelicans in your regard?
3: Well, I don't know. I mean, Zion, he's something that like the NBA hasn't really seen before. And it's crazy to say that because he's a rookie but it really is true i mean the dude is he's developing a shot so he can spread the fore a little bit and he is just an absolute monster in the paint that most people in this league cannot really handle The one thing that when looping this in with the Blazers, because obviously we're a Blazers podcast, is that I like how we now have three bigs that can kind of rotate on him as opposed to just having Carmelo Anthony having to share some time guarding him. And hence Zion, I think he put up like over 30 on us both times we played him. And obviously we didn't have our personnel and our best defensive players in the interior, but he's kind of one of those guys that you almost look at and be like, he's going to get his 20. It's like slow down the rest of the squad right it's slow down the ingram slow down the the lonzos those kind of guys because I really don't think like he's gonna become one of those players that you can't stop and I think he's almost even at that point right now as a rookie is he gonna it's is he gonna drop thirty 35 every game no but he's gonna drop 20 25 pretty much every game and probably get Ten to fifteen rebounds at the same time, right? Yeah,
2: I don't. I don't want us to forget about the rest of the New Orleans Pelicans roster either, which I know you didn't. Um, but I think that we're going to be rooting for the their opponent as much as we're rooting for the Blazers. And then to draw Morant and the Grizzlies, he he's he, right now as a rookie, just seems like a more of a streaky player. Can get really hot and get his teammates involved. I just don't think he has the pieces around him to make make the Grizzlies a formidable playoff team yet, but. It's his first year. I mean, he's an absolute stud, and he can go off on you, but I don't think this year's his year. All righty. I like the sound of that because I don't believe this is their year as well. I I like the fact that
1: not only do we have Damian Lillard, but when you compare him to Ja and Zion, obviously two rookies, it's nice to have someone, obviously, that's been in these kind of high-pressure situations. Those two players don't seem like the types to get phased by this kind of a moment at all. But to have someone who's been there and obviously who... Has waved bye bye to numerous teams with last second playoff buzzer beaters. Uh, that kind of experience and that kind of toughness, mental toughness, is something you can't really, um, you, you want, know, you yeah. can't really yeah. replicate. But yeah, yeah, looking straight over the camera. You also see know Paul that George, you know, it was a bad shot.
3: You see what you know Russell Westbrook brought out of Damian Lode. when you have that like kind of rivalry, especially at the same position. It's like Dame is going to do everything he can to be like fuck No, I'm the best, and everyone else needs to realize it. I'm tired of getting, you know, forgotten about essentially. That's what I'm saying. So I feel like Jaws kind of in that. And it's not, it's not like Dame has any animosity towards Jaw, it's more just like Dame is going to be like, no this is my father. time. All right, <laughs> well, you're young, you're good, but I'm the best.
1: Jaw and Zion, because I think uh, while the Blazers haven't been quote unquote forgotten, I think it's kind of the similar space that Portland's used to being, especially our fans as uh, Rip City in general, where we're in the running. Yet you're going to hear a lot more about Jaw and Zion throughout these next eight games. And that's fine because Dame Lillard, as Kyle just mentioned, if he's proved one thing, he loves when people pick against him. So I'm excited to see how this turns out. Um, We've, of course, got the first game. Kyle brought it up earlier this Friday against the Memphis Grizzlies. That's going to be huge. I know everyone listening to this is going to be watching. We're hopefully going to be together socially distancing, wearing our masks. Sucking down some brewskis as we are right now. Cheers to the Blazers! Cheers, cheers. Finished cheers. A while ago. Um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm just lagging a little behind. I am uh, the who was Myers Leonard racing in his? Uh, JJ Reddick. I'm the Josh Hart. Yeah, I'm yeah, the Josh Hart guys. here. Uh, JJ Reddick a strong showing in that. He's very strong.
3: Yeah, yeah. he's, he's got a good one. Not as good as the, the Hammer. Not as good as the Hammer. All righty. You, you guys see Myers in his video though when he pounds it? And he like throws it down. He's like,
2: "You don't mess with the Hammer."
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he loves that nickname. I think he's promoted that nickname. More than that type of confidence have, is the I type it. I want. Yeah. I know <laughs> we miss him. We miss yeah. him. Anyone who spoke bad, I'm sure we were all included at a point. We were wrong. We miss you, Myers. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to one of our new favorite segments. This is Tom's topic. So. Just to give you a little brief here, it's not going to have anything usually to do with basketball or the Blazers. This is just Pods Tom, our producer over there, coming at us with a life topic or a situation or maybe a story that he's experienced within the last week or so, and we're going to give our th- opinions on it. Yes, we Keep are. it short and quick. Yep. Get to our free local business ad of the week from all of us, Can't and wait. then we'll wrap up. Tom, hit us with your topic for the week.
0: Thank you, Con. Uh, I wanted to bring up with opening day baseball— uh you brought up social distancing did want to give a shout out to dr anthony fauci who's put in some hard work over the last couple months oh absolutely a little rough showing in the opening pitch oh absolutely to say the least. i had 50 cent F. two quick questions then you're getting there was he the worst opening pitch ever and do you think that there's something to do with nerves in an opening pitch or do you feel like you could go out there and throw one to the catcher first try
2: uh, I'll go ahead and take that and say, no, I'll definitely spike it in the ground. I mean, the nerves would be out of control. Now, there was no fans. I know the whole entire world is watching, but that would definitely calm the nerves a little bit. And like, come on, man, like throw for 30 minutes before this, like warm the arm up, hit him in the chest a couple times, but some people just don't got it.
1: Well, and, and just speaking on the Fauci pitch specifically, it's like, I mean, dude, you can handle the nerves of predicting our global pandemic, but you can't sit in Washington's <laughs> Nationals' Mound and throw a, yep. a semi-decent, you know, pitch. I'm not saying a strike because I, I'm with Tyler. Tom, getting to the second part of your question. The nerves, everything, the people I understand more with are the ones that rear back and kind of launch it high into the right. High into the <laughs> right as a right hander makes Definitely sense because way, yeah. the nerves, you're not wanting to hold it too long and spike it into the ground, yeah. right? Yep. And so you're gonna naturally let that thing go a little early. The ones I don't get, the ones I clearly cannot understand, is The people that do, especially what Fauci or 50 Cent or Demi Lovato did. The sideways? The sideways or the spike straight down. It's like (laughs) you had, I know you had probably weeks where you knew you were going to be doing this first pitch, if not a couple days, like just find 10 minutes and you don't have to throw a strike. Just make sure you can throw something. It doesn't have to be good form. It j- it could be a shot put throw. Yeah. It could be anything. You can bounce the ball to home plate. I think that's fine. It's when it just goes directly down or directly to the side. I'm like, have you no respect? Yeah. <laughs> have you no respect for the game of baseball or yourself? I mean, yeah. give me 10 minutes of practice, and I know that doesn't happen. So shout out to Dr. Fauci, national hero at this point. Um, wouldn't invite him back to pitch uh, in the MLB. Kyle?
3: Um i feel like my nerves connor you mentioned high on the right mine is definitely not a spike right into the ground but it's actually low like down in the dirt to the left of the catcher because that's me holding it too long granted we played baseball our whole life so we're not going to have that problem of being like throwing it right in front of your feet we're gonna if we're gonna miss we're gonna miss like down near home plate somewhere I feel like I would like grip it too long, and it would maybe just like bounce in the left hand batter's box from a righty. Like if that was, I don't know, but I definitely feel like it would be. It's a lot harder to do, way easier said than done when yes. it comes to the first pitch. I, I feel think like, we're missing. You know, we're I feel just like wear. everyone warms up. Everyone warms up and yes. can go out there and like, yeah, they probably hit him in the chest the entire time and warm up. I know. But when you get out there, totally it changes everything.
2: Yep. I also g- sorry. Give me just give me a loop like just, just that's throw what I'm it saying. Air, I'm you know? saying you can yeah. shot put this and yeah. Ball, yeah. That's that. that's but a good but you have to have the re- the receive like you have to catch the ball because that's when you're like okay opening day let's go. But then when you gotta run over to the left. Got it. All right. Oh, it's yeah, just, I, I'm it doesn't do it
3: for Do you guys have a, a goat first pitch of all time? I have one on my mind, is why I asked.
2: I'm not much of a first pitch. No, I'm guy. not a first pitch like
1: encyclopedia.
2: I type just remember person.
3: it because it was right after 9 11 when George, oh, our George president, Bush. went out there and just threw an absolute missile down the plate. Yeah.
1: Andy, doesn't he owns part of the Rangers or used to, right? George I, this is
3: a, I don't know if he owns it, but I know he has season tickets. Well, either yeah. way, pretty but impressive work. it was in Yankee work. Stadium, and Derek Jeter told him right before he went out that if you if you don't throw a strike from the mound, they'll boo you. So that would just put added pressure on you, and he still just went out there and threw a missile down the nice, plate.
1: Absolutely. A legendary moment from George W. there. All right, let's wrap up the episode here with our random local business free ad of the week. I'll start it off because I'm actually not going local. I just drove down to the central coast of California, beautiful San Luis Obispo with Tessa, my girlfriend,
2: nice. um, to
1: visit her family and hang out there for a couple weeks. So while I'm thinking of that area, I want to shout out Firestone Brewing. Yes, you can find it here in Oregon, Washington, anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, as well as California pretty sure all across the nation their flagship beer 805 lager and their flagship ipa union jack two of my favorites they also have a great seasonal selection if you find firestone brewing go ahead pick up a pack of 805 you will not regret it also going to shout out firestone grill different firestone company (laughs) um not owned by the same people surprisingly
3: not the tires
1: no No, different from the tires as well. So (laughs) many Firestones. Maybe not the best name selection, but (laughs) a great tri-tip sandwich, Firestone Grill in San Luis Obispo. If you're passing through, got to get one of those sandwiches. Kyle,
3: free out of the week. Free out of the week, and it goes to Connor Scott, who has this week's Coors Light Terrible Frostbreak Cold Take. With the In-N-Out burger as his yeah. number one How choice. How is that the cold-brewed cold, yes. brewed cold uh, take? Because there's, just, there's other options that are better, Connor. Name another beer that is frost-brewed, bottled cold, and it has, it is as blue as the Rockies. We know you can't. Coors Light. Bud Light. How all right. <laughs> <laughs> I go. The last one we go cow. to,
2: Manitou Pontoon Boats. Uh, with all the horsepower <laughs> and power to impress, Manitou provides an incredible combination of high performance and high style. Now, if anyone knows anything about me... They know how much I appreciate a good poon. So please go check out Manitou Pontoon boats and check them out as soon as you can.
1: All righty. And on that note, right. remember to follow at Backyard Blazers on Instagram, at Backyard Blazers on Twitter. Uh, if you have any topics or questions you want us to answer in next week's episode, just go ahead and DM us there. Otherwise, we will be back and talking to you next week. Go Blazers! Let's start this off with a win. Yeah, NBA's back in action. Can't wait, over. baby. Go Blazers! Are- Here's Blake to Roy. This is for the. A three wins the series.